Greetings and welcome to Fresh Text. Fresh Text is a weekly podcast where a pair of pastor scholars uh, study a scripture passage drawn from the Revised Common Lectionary. We hope it'll be enjoyable and edifying for all, but especially equipping for pastors or teachers who are preparing lessons or sermons in the upcoming weeks. This week will be hopefully enjoyable for all listeners, but maybe a little less uh, edifying and equipping than usual because this is our 200th episode. And so we are actually going to pause our usual uh, study of a text and have a little uh, reminiscing and reflection and dreaming about the future of the show. So this is our kind of little uh, little interlude here, our special 200th episode of Fresh Text. I'm your host, John Drury. I'm discipleship pastor for Indiana Wesleyan University in Marion, Indiana. And my guests this week, I have three guests, are names you've heard. If you're a regular uh, listener to the show, you've heard their name at the end of the show, uh, week in and week out. These are the original guys who helped get the star, the show up and going. It's uh, Todd Bouchong, who now, though he didn't when the show started, now his full-time job is actually podcast production for a whole bunch of other podcasts out there, but he still continues to be uh, the uh, principal producer for this show. Uh, Eric Fisher, uh, who's the host of Beyond the To-Do List, a high-rated and widely listened to and downloaded podcast that you should definitely check out, Beyond the To-Do List. And he's a partner of the show and one of the guys who first got it started, the original producer of the show, and continues to support the show and work as in our team. And then Tom Adamson, who's been a guest on the show a few times before. He's a, a pastor up in northern Indiana, a dear old friend, uh, a guest occasionally on the show, and the donator of the theme music that uh, is on the show week in and week out. And so he helped get this show started as well. So those are my three guests this week. And we just uh, spend the next hour just reflecting on the origins of the show, highlighting some of our favorite moments. That's the middle section. And then the final section, we do a little uh, honest discussion about maybe what some changes and new ideas that we could perhaps incorporate in the show in the upcoming year and beyond. So it's 200 episodes. That's four years of of work and content and study of the scriptures together. It's been a great ride um, with all you, our dear listeners. So thanks uh, so much uh, for listening to the show and supporting the show in that way. If you're enjoying the show this week, just hit the share app on your podcast player app of choice. Uh, maybe it's not the first episode you probably want to share it with somebody, but you can share the show in general, maybe share a favorite episode. This would be a great week to reminisce yourself if you're a regular. Think back, what's one of my favorite episodes? Maybe one with Aubrey this year on the Psalms, maybe one on a gospel text with uh, my wife, Amanda, back in the day when we just laugh and giggle as we work through a text together. Uh, maybe one with Ken Shank, who's been a regular on the show from the very beginning. Uh, who knows? I'm just mentioning a few regular guests that we've had on that have been, that have been big hits, but just so many episodes from Beverly Gaventa to, to Brent Strawn to Amy Peeler, all these episodes. If one comes to mind as you're listening, as we're going down memory lane, you know, scroll through, find it, share it with somebody, uh, get the word out about the show. We'd appreciate that so much. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash fresh text and see ways that you could become a patron saint. Thanks for listening and enjoy this 200th episode conversation with Tom, Todd, and Eric. All right, so we're uh, this is our 200th episode. Uh, we're uh, doing a little self-indulgent uh, look down memory lane, which I've kind of 
been excited to do as we've been thinking about it. And we'll go through a few different segments here, but our first segment is to just think about the origins of the show, the way that Fresh Text got started. And in a moment here, I'm going to call on Eric Fisher to share a little bit of his memories of how it got started because he was really there at the very beginning. But I thought I'd mention that even before it got started with that, I was talking with him on the phone. I'd become kind of a podcast fan. He's been in podcasts forever. When did you have that internet radio show? When was that? Oh, gosh. It was 2007. I was out in graduate school, but listening to that. Yeah. Rob Swingle and I, did you guys know we were one of Apple's best new comedy podcast that year in December when they gave out their awards. Not many people I remember that. that. I had no idea. I was an idea. avid listener. Yeah. yeah. And you were competing with four. what? Four other podcasts? <laughs> Nine other ones, apparently, at least. <laughs> we may have been 10. Who knows? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So, John, you had kind of something going on. And then you said you gave me a call and you started to walk me through that you had started doing something with the seminary. Wesley Seminary at Indiana Wesleyan University is the proper way to say it, as I remember. Yeah, and I think I first kind of pitched the idea before that because we were kind of thinking, what would be a cool podcast? And I had this idea, well, what if we went kind of through, if we used the lectionary, so then I wasn't kind of inventing it and wasn't doing an interview-based podcast, more of a conversation around a text, kind of like kind of like a lot of political podcasters, kind of core cast of characters with some other rotating guests talking about you know, what's going on, right? So the content is kind of supplied by the events, right? Rather than the interview based. But I was like, well, what if we did like, you know, just took this lectionary idea because then that would give us like texts that were kind of pre-assigned, spread out, and it would just last for years without ever having to repeat a show. And I remember you, I think we were on a walk one time, your eyes like lit up when I walked you through. You're like, wait a minute. So this is like four years of content? I'm like, no, 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 12, you know, like 12 years of content. And you're like, what? That was encouraging that we had an idea. Yeah, because I was unfamiliar with the lectionary. And and my first thought was longevity. When you start something, what's your long-term goal? How can you make this consistent and just continue to make it something that's not a grind, in other words? And so you first explained it to me and it was like, yeah, it's a three-year cycle. And I said, okay, well, that's three years. But then you, again, you explained that it was 12 years. And I said, oh, well, then this is a no brainer because (laughs) you can just pull on a new person. Or at the time, I think we were even originally thinking we'd just have a panel every single week. And it would be like this with the four of us, but not the four of us. And you'd have rotating people in it would you know kind of like we were used to with you come for the topic but you stay for the voice type podcasts and pretty quickly in doing some of the the unpaid consulting conversations well paid with friendship john and uh, we realized yeah the panel thing is going to be so logistically nightmarish that we couldn't do that but you could be the the constant and you could bring in one or two and just have it be rotating and it would be on your schedule and it just made so much more sense and i'm so glad we did that and you chose that and that's what we landed on because honestly that i think that makes each episode special and unique in its own way yeah so i mean it was a little still panelly in that first beta test on the seminary podcast so aaron perry was running a podcast for the seminary still is and i had mentioned the idea in passing and he was like hey let's let's try it out there you know and we did i think we did 7 episodes and it was always me and him and maybe once, maybe like three or four times we had a third guest with us. 
So in the early days, we were still kind of working out that uh, flow. So it kind of started out that way. And then you called me once to talk about, I don't know if I called you or you called me, but I definitely remember where I was. I can't remember exactly how it came out, but I saw that you were doing that podcast with them. And this was pre you and I talking about you doing podcasting at all. And I just remember thinking to myself, oh, good for John. And then I said, wait, good for John? Like question mark? Like, because I was trying to figure out, is this a good thing or does it, is it a bad thing? Like not bad thing, but is it, you know, in other words, I don't know if this is what he wants to do, but it is what he's doing. So he's starting. But I think I felt like there was more to what you were wanting to do. And maybe I'm switching that in my head. Maybe it was one or the other timeline wise. It's this was 20, what, 20 something pre pandemic. That's 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah. It's four years ago. Yeah. I remember I had just graduated from seminary, moved back to Indiana. We were all going to see you two together on their Joshua tree tour. And we were driving through Indiana towards Chicago. And John, you were very excited. And you had said to me, hey, I think I want to get you involved with this podcasting idea I have. And at that time, it was still, uh, you had the idea of a panel, you know, of people rotating in and out. And you want to know if I wanted to be part of the, the panel of going through the lectionary. So that was June of 2017, if that gives you a date. That sounds right. That sounds right. It would have been that that spring that I beta tested it, I think, at the the seminary podcast, but it hadn't fully materialized yet. Yeah. Or even a year before. Yeah. This is, this is crazy how long ago this all is now. I just yeah. looked it up. The first episode officially was the first official of Fresh Text in and of itself in its current form, even though it's mutated and perfected and polished and whatever you want. Episode call it. one though, in terms of our, in terms of our independent podcast. Yeah. 2019, January okay. 1st, 2019. So January. Okay. Okay. Well, there it is. 2019. Yeah. So that was, yeah, you're right, Tom. So that would have been like 18 months before. So I was, I definitely was pitching it for a while. For a year and a half. I was like, when am I going to get the call? (laughs) (laughs) Now you see why I needed to start it with the seminary. If I'd never done it with the seminary, I would have never got, I mean, this is anyone who, you know, all y'all are my friends and my wife knows this too. Like I'll have an idea and it takes me forever to finally like do it, you know? So I think that's everybody um, though. And we're harder on ourselves and it just looks easy from the outside. When we look at somebody else, trust me, my wife starts 19 things a day. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) The follow through is the different thing for her. (laughs) I can say this. There is a statistic that the majority of podcasts that get started don't make it past episode seven. Mm. So the fact that we're now celebrating 200 episodes and four years is a huge milestone. Well, that's a perfect transition to bring in Todd. So, I mean, like, I mean, I can schedule and talk to my old grad school friends like all day, but like actually doing this week in and week out has been, you know, just completely on just the total weight that Todd has carried. So Todd, anything you want to add about those origin years and then the kind of way that your role entered into the show and increased? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, I was involved just from a brainstorming sort of perspective at first and just being there as a fellow lover of podcast, as you know, somebody who just enjoyed brainstorming about content. And so, yeah, I was part of all those early conversations. But at the time, I was actually working more within the Amazon space and doing more copywriting and wasn't directly involved in actually the podcast world at the time. It was an element of the work that I was involved in, but definitely wasn't the primary thing. But as Eric had kind of fostered and 
sort of become our de facto producer of the show. He had sort of put everything into place. And that does make me think back, I believe, did we use Scarecrow from the very beginning from that January episode? I think that that, yeah, we did. Oh my, yes. We'll come to that. We'll let Tom tell that story. Yeah, we'll come to the story of, of how that worked. But I was tangentially involved in, you know, making some input yeah, executive producer or, you know, associate producer, maybe like, uh, you know, on that side. But the reality was that, as we'd mentioned, Eric is busy podcasting and busy just in his day job with work and, and adding another show. Eric has a very highly successful, very, you know, widely listened to podcast called Beyond the To-Do List. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have maybe made that association, but, uh, you know, he had his own show to foster and to take care of. And I think that Eric at a certain point sort of came to me and said, Hey, could I teach you how to do some editing? Cause I could really use some, some help with fresh text. And I, you know, at the time was glad to jump in and yeah, help along a little bit with that. I don't think at the time, knowing that it would become my kind of full-time gig completely, well, not full-time gig, but it would become like my primary responsibility editing, you know, within that. But Eric very patiently and, you know, lovingly taught me how to, uh, to edit. I'm not exactly the most tech savvy person in the entire world. So that was, you know, really all on him being able to show me, but, you know, slowly but surely I was able to get my mind around that. And then like slowly just sort of transitioned into becoming the full-time editor of the show. And that's really when I became more invested, obviously, because, you know, you work on something, you, you know, invest in it more. So, but yeah, that, slowly took place over the course of what probably that first eight months of you know eight months yeah, somewhere in that mid to second half of that that first year of the show yep i think the first couple months eric was doing the bulk of the production then you started having two-step process yeah, i would do a little Todd bit and then, and then he would add in all the music but, but by the end of that year you were the the principal producer but i remember and we'll, we'll come back to the song in a moment tom but i remember some crucial conversations one at jimmy john's and one at Baldwin, which is the for any local or people connected to IW. I know a lot of our listeners are IW alums, but not all might not know that Baldwin's is the name of the the food cafeteria here. There were two or three lunches we had where the two of you, and this was crucial. When I when you say executive producer, Eric, that's very true because I mean one of my jokes is you know we go to movies a lot. Well, l- less now uh, that we do watch movies at home, but uh, but we would go to movies and I always love to say that like, and this is totally not fair in stereotyping, but Eric loves every movie we see and Todd hates every movie we see. And it's not true. I mean, you both love and, and, and can criticize things, but Todd, Todd is able to just really like in a very insightful and incisive way, just spot something that's not working and be able to help me see it. And so Eric with his experience and Todd as just a, as a really good esthete and good listener, you guys were listening to those early shows and highlighting what's not working and what to change and what to add. And we didn't have some of the segment routines. We didn't have some of the intro and outro. There are some things that we have in place now that got put in place in those first two months, all through y'all just meeting and listening to show and giving that feedback. So. I owe a ton to you guys in terms of establishing so much of that. That's just made the show so consistent and honestly, a lot less stressful for me because I'm not having to think through some sort of creative, stru- you know, the structures in place and it flows and it seems to work. So, well, I mean, the end of the show, we might discuss if we want to blow it all up and start <laughs> over, but, but yeah, a lot of that stuff came from you guys and I appreciate it a ton. 
Well, the fact of the matter is, is just like anything in life, podcasting is a muscle and it's a muscle that needs to be worked and needs you to get reps in. And so much of the show was really allowing you the space and the freedom and the lack of pressure to just exercise that muscle, just try things, you know, and uh, a lot of people can get in their creative head a little bit too much when, you know, I think it's probably one of the reasons that that stat that Eric mentioned previously exists is because people just go, well, yeah, I don't really know that I want to try this or, you know, or it's not going well, or I'm not, you know, good at it. Well, of course you're not good at it. You haven't done it yet. And it's having the, the kind of faith in what you're doing and the, the mission of what you're doing to be important enough to continue through that awkward beginning phase. And, you know, you were able to do that like a champ. So well, speaking of the mission, that's a great transition for our last question and for this segment, because I mean, in many ways, Tom is a supporter and a helper of the show from the beginning, as we'll talk about, but he's also kind of like a classic case of a target audience. He's preaching every single week and even yeah, uses the lectionary. Right. So he's like, you know, exactly the kind of people I want this show to, to serve. But from the beginning, you know, he had an important role to play. Uh, in the show. So share about how you got kind of brought into this whole thing. Oh, gosh. Right. Well, aside from the the conversation in Keith's SUV that back that summer, and I was kind of wondering, how am, how am I going to get involved? And I knew I'd, I'd been listening on and off to the Wesley Seminary podcast. And um, I said, oh, John's kind of doing his thing. I guess he kind of forgot about me. And then... <laughs> I wondered if I was going to have a role. And then at some point in 2019, and it's really fuzzy, that pre-COVID stuff's really fuzzy, just sent me a text out of the blue. Hey, do you mind if I use one of the songs we did together as a theme song? And I, I probably wrote back, sure. You know, binding contract. <laughs> well, Eric was, Eric was showing me all this like transitional music and stuff. Mm -hmm. like, well, this is what I don't know. Free stuff that like, the, the free stuff's just kind of junk, right? It's just cheesy. I think we might've had the free stuff on the first episode. Now that I think of it, I'm not sure if we had Scarecrow right away, but it was definitely early. Um, I can't It was on the now, first episode I heard. Was sure. it? Oh, okay. Okay. Which, uh, and I don't remember which episode I heard first, but I remember just, I was at the dining room table with my wife and my kids, like just before dinner. And I like jumped out of my seat. I was like, this is so cool. This is what John had in mind. <laughs> What was that? <laughs> Did someone just play the I like did. the cheesy music that he <laughs> used to have? Oh. <laughs> I just checked it. So it doesn't sorry, I didn't think it was gonna feed to you. <laughs> it <Anyway>. did. <laughs> so, it was great. It was perfect. So I can confirm so I just checked and I can confirm that the first episode does not use Scarecrow. Okay. Well okay. you never quite know fully why you write a song or 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 where it's gonna go. And um John and I worked on Scarecrow together. He helped me kind of form it into a song about uh, 11 years ago, maybe 12 years ago, 11 years ago. Actually, I, you know, he and I had a conversation on my podcast about it, but I think he chose it because it, the, the way it moves with um, it kind of, there's a drum start and it's him on drums. So that's kind of this neat thing. <laughs> Maybe so it's people may not know thing. that people may not know that that's why I paused there dramatically is because when dear listener, when you listen to it and you hear the drum start, 
That is your host, John Drury, playing the drum kit there. I mean, I do like that, I'll admit. Uh, but it's also a fade in, uh, right. which is not common, actually. No. That's not a common trick in well, music. A lot and of it works fade outs, really but well. Not a lot of fade ins. Exactly. But fade in is actually kind of nice. And in it kind of draws setting. you in. And um, yeah. So going back to what I was saying, you know, once you write a song, you never quite know where it's going to go, but there's, there's sorts of some neat personal connections between the four of us in this song. Cause it's um, you know, the, the music that I do has been a connecting point for our friendship basically since our college years. And Lord knows how many times, you know, uh, Todd heard this song in the Valpo years and then <laughs> to, to have to hear it week in and week out in editing. But let's just say it's a part of my life. Yeah. <laughs> but when you hear it, I got to take my hat off to John because when I wrote it, I never intended it to be a Bible class thing. <laughs> and I think that when it's paired with the conversation about the scriptural interpretation and all that, it lets you know that, you know, in some small way, this is not business as usual, which I think is a, one of the goals of the show. It's in the name, Fresh Text, and it's it's in your personality, John, and the way you host and the questions you ask. You kind of like to get people you know, off their guard a little bit, off of their script a little bit, and really take a fresh look at it. So all that clicked within about 10 seconds of me hearing it for the first time associated with the episode, and I just felt super honored. And I believe there was a brief blip about six or eight months into the show where we had an idea of like, hey, well, let's change the music per liturgical season. And uh, I circulated some ideas, but none of them seemed to, to hit like that one. So it's just stayed ever since, I guess. It wouldn't hurt my feelings if it, if it ever changed again, but I just, you know, it's just so cool. I remember, you know, speaking of that liturgical calendar season coming up uh, really early with the idea to change the colors, I think in our first like graphic design meeting, and that may be something that listeners, maybe they don't always notice, like, you know, that the actual colors of the text change per the liturgical calendar. And that's just a, another fun little maybe Easter egg for listeners who maybe you've been listening for a long time and you just don't notice in that cover art. Uh, like, that, oh, it's or green Apple now. doesn't change it on time, but like that's a whole nother <laughs> beef. It's, it's approximate. <laughs> it changes right on time with Spotify. Spotify is right on it. Apple's like two weeks later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Todd, uh, Eric and I at Wendy's with Jer Nelson who's now in, I think, the Carolinas or Virginia. But he kind of mocked that up and we were, we were struggling over color. And, that, and it was actually a compromise where it was like, this is probably a terrible idea, but I guess we could just change the color with the seasons. And it was like, sure, okay. And it is like, that was because we, we loved the design. We just couldn't, we couldn't agree on our favorite color option. So we're like, well, you know, we could do green during ordinary time and purple for Advent and Lent and gold for Easter and then red for a couple other randoms. And that's about it, you know? And it was like, Oh wow. Okay. Problem solved. Well, it's just another <laughs> example of the liturgy and leading the way, you know, or the yeah. church calendar leading the, the way uh, uh, in terms of decisions to be made and be sort of like, Hey, this decision's already kind of been made for us by uh, that's nice. hundreds right. of years that's of, of Christian tradition. Like, you know, so uh, in, in some ways, you know, it's on brand, huh, Todd? Yeah, it is on brand. <laughs> hey, well, let's take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll uh, kind of do some favorite moments. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. 
I'm here with my guests, Todd Bouchong, Eric Fisher, Tom Adamson, the original team that got this uh, show off the ground. And after we you know, talked about the origins there in the first segment, in this second segment, I just invited the guys to offer uh, what are just some favorite moments, memories, whether it's guests or themes or, or lessons learned, whatever, just throughout the history of the show. Um, what are some things that stand out to them as they look back on these 200 episodes and so four years of content? So, Eric, uh, you go first. Yeah. So I, <laughs> it's funny, much like ministry, I found a lot of value in the listening of the work post having to do it, but getting to do it, you know, getting to listen versus having to listen to edit, if that makes sense. Uh, many, many people with a mission in mind will know what that means. And that's not to say I didn't get things out of it. I, in fact, I know there were moments where in the midst of editing, I would text John and say, this episode with such and such or whoever on such and such passage is so good. And I wasn't even done with it yet. So I'm not going to dive into those. But I think for me, uh, it always rung true that I would get the most out of episodes. And I know as I started to think about it, I was like, oh, there's a theme here. And the theme is, unfortunately, it's people I already knew that were then on the show. That's just a no brainer for me. And like, I, I saw the pattern as soon as I started naming off, like, okay, there was that episode with Tom and he's been on multiple times and always a great guest is Amanda or Mandy, as I know her. And then David, your brother. <laughs> so, so there's a lot of nepotism coming out here. And then uh, Kristen, obviously when, when she joined into the regular rotation, I just felt like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be so good. Every single episode is going to be a highlight there. And it has. And I think I wanted to move beyond just naming all these people I know that have been on the show and ask myself, why, why is that? Is it because I'm familiar with them or is it because, because of the familiarity between you and them, that also shines through with other people that I don't have as I don't personally have as much familiarity with, but you do, John, that the essence of fresh text comes through, that it's the text that's longstanding and tried and true and been around forever, but that the freshness is there, that in a way it's either adding a current lens to it. And you're trying, you know, in the in the preach, how do we preach this segments where you're walking through how you would talk about this text and what you talked about in the, you know, first glances, as well as the digging deeper and then how you'd preach it. I felt like I was getting preached to and walked through a process and having something unveiled and seeing it through fresh eyes, quite literally. And it was very edifying and just super helpful. I think that the other piece to that was it also, my favorite episodes are the ones where it's quite literally super simple message wise. And yet it was the moments where due to being in the church, most of my life, there's a lot of, you know, when they do those cross sections in earth science, they cut away and you see, well, this piece slid in here and then this happened and this happened and you kind of have to pick which there's all this stuff that's kind of layered over time on top of things for better or for worse. And you kind of don't shrug that off and say, no, that's not important, but you get back down to that first layer in a sense, or the first, second, third layer of what was going on at the time when this was written and you dialogue about that. And those always have been the ones where it's just like, 
brings new life to the text or breathes new life back into it that, that was already there or reveals the air that was there. I don't know. I'm mincing my words, but those are my favorite. I honestly can't like, I mean, I've made a number of, you know, every episode with these people go check them out. But that for me, it's a, it's a broadness and a specific, like when that happens, I am fed and I feel enriched. Well, that's so good to hear. I do remember an early text or phone call in the very early days, Eric, when you were like, John, that wasn't just like a sermon started. That was a sermon. Like I felt, I felt like I got, you know, edified in those, in those last moments. Um, that was very encouraging to know that it would have a broader audience because we kind of designed it with sort of working pastors in mind, but to know that lay folk like yourself would be engaged by it was just very, very encouraging. So there's, cause I never wanted to have it to divide. You, you always need a target audience, but it's not meant to be an exclusive audience, just a target audience, but th- that target can expand to others who might find it refreshing along the way too. So that's great, Eric. Thanks. Todd, how about you? You know, I echo a lot of Eric's sentiment just in terms of uh, both the way that the show has ministered to me, but has also been just really refreshing amongst f- old friends. So he had mentioned, you know, people like Ken Shank or people like Kristen Wright Taylor or Mandy, Larissa Lecheva, like, you know, folks that I know and hearing them in their sweet spot. It's really one of the joys of kind of friendship is seeing friends do something that they do well. Like, you know, whether you have a friend who is a an artist or a painter or a musician, being able to see them do it. And one of the great joys is seeing you, John, you know, one of my closest friends do the thing that he does well, like, you know, uh, with others. And when it's, you know, other people that I also know participating in that, it just doubles up that joy of creation, that joy of, of ministering. And, you know, so that, that is a really delightful part of, of the process that doesn't end. But also if I'm honest with myself, you know, as Eric said, you know, enjoying the thing that you kind of have to do as the editor. Yes, it's a job that, you know, I have to do. And in a way that structurally created a spiritual practice, you know, that otherwise I may not have participated in, you know, it'd been much easier to just skip. But now 200 episodes in, I find, wow, I've been in a huge chunk of the Bible like in a practice that almost was happening subconsciously or was almost happening, you know, through um, through an almost photosynthesis of the of the the word in editing it. You know, it almost even more strongly impacted me. So that's just been kind of amazing, whereas I'll be, you know, at a Sunday service or interacting you know, uh, with the faith outside of fresh text and go, oh yeah, no, I'm completely familiar, you know, with this Psalm, or I'm completely familiar with this reading because it's, it's there. And that's just, you know, been, been delightful in terms of, you know, this sort of enforced spiritual practice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if I think back, I think some of the guests that, you know, come along and they just wallop you with some thought that you've, you know, maybe never had, before a way of reading the text. Ken has always had an uncanny ability to do that and had a way of, you know, kind of making the scripture. And did we all have Ken for class or at least interacted yes. with him on campus? Yes. I had yes. him. Do you have him, Eric? 
I interacted with him a lot. I think I had him at some point, not for like a biblical specific maybe philosophy for philosophy so ken shank for all y'all listeners if you're regulars you you've heard him on because he's on often and he'll be on more next year because we'll be back in the new testament more but i mean he came in as a new professor uh right when we were all new students so he was like the young professor that we all kind of connected with he was young he single lived right off campus you know jogged was around you know came to fnl and was in fnl you know doing his deep thoughts remember yep. so, oh, yeah. so he's like an old friend to us and teacher and and just like brilliant when you were talking about those layers eric i was picturing ken you know just like barrowing down in and and i also in those early days when you're paying attention to your statistics like the first time we had him on mm-hmm. i think our listenership tripled yep <laughs> yes because yeah. uh, he just has a strong web presence you know so he's been a real key help, uh, support to the show early on and he's a, just a blast to talk with but um, yeah and he's just you know such a um a mind at work you know to, to kind of quote hamilton there like you know that that which was quoting west wing yes, yes. <laughs> so another shared you know love of ours but uh but yeah i think of him uh recently i think of a, a particular episode that brent strong was on and the way that he unpacked principles for reading the Psalter was just really, really mind blowing to me and just really made me rethink a lot of the presuppositions that I had uh, about the Psalms and the Psalter itself. And, and, you know, so it's, it's always those moments where, you know, whether it's a, a pastor or an academic, you know, is, is able to take that gem, you know, that is the text and to, turn it in a way that that facet shines through like that facet of the the gem shines through in in a whole new way so that's always you know really really exciting to do so and it makes me curious you know tom like as we kind of transition to you and your experience with it for eric and i again it is much more devotional but i know for a lot of our listeners this uh devotional but also a practical way of approaching the text from a preaching and uh pastoral sure. standpoint. So I'm just curious kind sure. of what your memories are in that. Well, let me just say that there have been a number of times when I have been uh, listening and I will quickly scribble down either John's outline or the guest's outline for a sermon and just use it. <laughs> uh, Yay! And- <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> and please, I hope you never give credit. <laughs> I, I, don't think, I don't think I really have, though. You I don't have sh- ever want anyone to do that. It's yours because you make it yours by the way you fill well, it. Well, right. I, I populate it with my own, uh, you know, content, but like the headers, you know, the, the big chunks, the moves. Yeah, I've, I've, I've borrowed those wholesale lots of lots of times. I've also shared the podcast either before a Sunday or after a Sunday for a particular text. And I wish I could just point to one. Oh, I, I now I remember one that I did. It was just a few weeks ago. I shared it with the parish in an email. It was Larissa's episode from, I think, three years ago about the parable of the lost coin. And I remember listening to that three years ago, because in, in our church, we've come to that lecture. We, we it just came through up in the lectionary again, but of course, the way the show is structured, you're onto a different part of the Sunday's readings. But I remember hearing it a few years ago, and then a few of the comments being brought into my sermon that week, but I wanted everybody to know where my really great insights came from. So I did share it. And that was the first time Larissa was on the show. Yeah. And she just dropped that 
just knowledge brilliant bomb. analysis. Yeah, it was so good. And that was really, really important. It's um, a great episode. Yeah. I'm, I think one thing that was really special about the first few years of the show is that you kept it going during COVID or maybe it was just going to do that anyway, but it became a real encouragement for a time that was very discouraging to be in active ministry when there was a lot of depopulation. Like I used to go to like this thing before COVID called soup and scripture here in town where it was all the, it was an sort of an open invitation for people from the churches in our town who use the lectionary to get together and, and talk about a passage. Um, and it was an in-person thing. And then that went away. So the show was a real boost. And I think that that one was, it was in 2020 as a way to, to keep connection going. You know, there were, you know, I don't know, ecumenical meetings that would happen that, that kind of went away during COVID. There was, you know, diocesan things where priests would get together and meet and encourage each other. And that went away. And so fresh text for me became a way during those for that year and a half of deep COVID to kind of keep a community of thought going, which was really, really cool. But I love Ken's insight. I remember one time he talked about the role of the Holy Spirit in Acts. And I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, this makes sense. I like, like, why doesn't, you know, the rest of the church know about this? And, um, and, and I think for, for me, the season on the Psalms has been so, so instructive. I appreciate what Todd said. In the Anglican tradition that I'm from, we use a psalm every, a whole psalm every service, whether it's Sunday morning or one of the daily offices. And so oftentimes, um, some of the hard ones come through and people are scratching their heads. And to have a way to understand the spirituality of it. It was, was, was so, so helpful. And Kristen Taylor, uh, her episodes on the Psalms have been phenomenal. So those are some ways that, that I use the show as, as, an, as an active, active preacher. And I, I'll be honest with you, there are sometimes have been weeks, this is just full disclosure, where Sunday's come in and I have no idea what I'm going to say. And, and the show gives me something. <laughs> you know, sometimes I plan seasonally or, or I plan continuously, but every once in a while I run up dry or run up short. And the show has been a lifesaver for me. Well, I've said for years, and I say it to my guests often off um, when we're record is when, when the recording's paused, you know, like, I mean, I really don't like preaching very much, but I love prep and, I, <laughs> and I've, I've had a lot of, you know, Saturday night phone calls with my, uh, I'm the other way students. around. <laughs> yeah. With my students, my seminary students over the decade, you call on a Saturday night, like, Hey, I'm stuck, you know, and I love those conversations. So in some ways this was a kind of a preemptive way to do that. Like, okay, here's some, here's some stuff to work with, run with it, do what you want with it. That inspires me to say something um, going back to the first segment, origin stories. I I would say that our friendships that we had in college, and I know they continued in grad school, just the way that we interacted with you, John, and and the the way you like to talk about life was very, very scriptural all the time. And so you were doing the show as a student, you know, 25 years ago. That, that reminds me of that, that tweet that Eric sent to us from Tignantero, right? She said, uh, I like to have my friends over and talk about issues and tell jokes together, and but not record it. It's called friendship. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. That was a big ouch. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah but, you know, sometimes it takes a third thing around which to discuss a text sure. around which some friendships happen. And you mentioned, you guys both mentioned in the Psalms, like Brent Strawn doing that brilliant analysis. If anyone wants to hear a, just a 
just an instant classic episode. Go find the Brent Strawn episode. Uh, fun facts, two of them. One, Brent is the one I learned Hebrew from 20 years ago at Princeton. Mm. He came he came in just for one summer and did the summer Hebrew class, and I got to have him. And just the funniest professor I ever had, and that's after having Ken Shank for 10 classes in, sem- in college. But after that, I was like, wow, this guy's amazing. Um, and he taught – the the big hit from the Psalm series who we had on a ton of times, Aubrey Buster. That was her supervisor for her doctoral work. So we've had Aubrey on a bunch of times this year. She's a Brent Strawn protege. Mm. So in, in a way, we're getting a little bit of Brent <laughs> every time she's on. So anyway, that was just a little well, it's fun cool little backsides. With, yeah, within an academic community, the the lintage of that, you know, exactly. I mean, as much as you are a protege of, of Ken's, you know, and to have this, just the generations of thinkers in there. It's cool to have, you know, that connection. That's exactly how it works. And like Eric said, I mean, a lot of those favorite episodes for some listeners are when it's a friendship that, you know, or even if you don't know both sides, if you can tell there's a friendship there. And then sometimes I've made new friends. through. I mean, I feel like Aubrey and I have actually really connected. I imagine we'll probably connect face-to-face at some point up in Chicago, but we, we met through the show. She was recommended and we mm. talked and just really clicked, you know, so that can also happen. So old friendships are able to kind of be continued and rekindled and, and new friendships emerge. But um, that's part of what keeps it fresh is the friendship. It's yeah. friend text, right, Eric? <laughs> friend text. <laughs> I'll just say one last thing um, about how I enjoy the show. And that's, um, there's two, t- I feel like there's two types of guests uh, there's some guests who are a little more deferential to you, John. They're like, Oh, this is John's show. I don't want to upstage him. And then there are some guests who kind of like want to show off to you. Like, Oh, I'm just as smart as John. And then Mandy is in a class by herself. Cause she is not deferential to you at all. She pulls no punches and that's just really, really fun. So I love it whenever she's a guest. So I hope you have her on for, for many years to come. I think it's in her contract. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lifelong oh my gosh! <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it was my best. It's my best avenue there. Well, that ends this segment. <laughs> no, yeah, she's a blast. Yeah. Well, uh, I say we take a quick break and come back and uh, not explore sermon starters, but explore the future of the show for a little bit. And we're back. Welcome back to Fresh Text. I'm here with my guests, Todd, Eric, and Tom. And we're just reflecting and uh, reminiscing and then looking forward here at this uh, 200th episode of Fresh Text. So I had just an idea just thinking about the future of the show, right? Now that we're at 200 episodes, which just the way things panned out is right at the turn to Advent. And so it's like a new church year. And when we first kind of dreamt it up, this was, again, those ideas sessions with Eric uh, five, six years ago before the show even started, long before, of the idea of like, just to keep it simple, if the Revised Common Lectionary, which isn't this magical thing, it's just something exterior to me. So it's not just my own pet, you know, pick a text for the week or whatever. For planning purposes, you know, it's got four texts, Old Testament reading, uh, a psalm, an epistle reading. And then a gospel reading. And the idea was, and then it's on a three-year cycle. So that's where those 12 years come from for those who don't kind of understand how I, how it was 12 years. And the idea was, okay, just every year kind of pick a lane, 
right? Pick the, pick the gospel lane, pick the old Testament reading lane, pick the Psalm lane, pick the, 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 the gospel re- lane, right? You pick a lane. And that's what we've done these first four years. And a big question, it started, it, it was never an issue the first year because we did a gospel reading and gospels kind of are gospels have like seven different genres hiding in them. So they're kind of always surprising you. And there's a, there's a narrative structure to it. It never really came up, but I remember in that second year when we were kind of slogging through our like 17th reading from Isaiah, like Todd was like, maybe it'd be nice to like break this up. Maybe like spend the summer in Genesis and then like maybe shift gears and do some gospel reading in the fall. You know, like that was when it first came up. Uh, do we want to have more variety and jump around a little bit more? Uh, year three, we were in the epistle reading that went smoother because we would jump from different epistles. So you had like mini little mini series. Mm-hmm. You'd have seven weeks on Hebrews, five weeks on James. That was, if I'm remembering right, that was a little smoother because it broke it up a little. Although you'd miss some of the joys of the narratives when you did that. That yes. was the loss there, right? So there's, there was always kind of, um, and then this, this year was been the toughest because the Psalms are amazing. But like after a while, like one more little, like, well, here's some advice on how to preach a Psalm. Uh, it's like, boy, that's the same thing we heard the last three months, right? We really got a little rough. The guests were great. It wasn't on them. It was a choice that we had made as a production team. So I'm just kind of putting it out there to you and for listeners, if they want to chime in. Uh, um, to kind of consider like, w- would it be better to maybe try something a little different in terms of the variety? I'd still like to draw on the revised common lectionary, not because it's perfect, but because it's not me. It's not idiosyncratic to me. It's something shared, even in traditions that don't use it at least half the year, it's going to be like relevant to like Christmas and Easter and all that jazz. Right. So um, what do you, what do you think? Anyone want to chime in on that basic? I know I kind of laid it all out there already, the too many of the pros and cons, sorry, but like, and what would it look like to maybe vary a little more, like do the gospel reading for a few months and then maybe shift and do the Psalter for a little and then do the OT. What, what, do, you, what do you think? What were, what, what ideas might you have there? Well, I think I kind of like to defer to Tom as being sort of, uh, you know, he's the, only one amongst us who is weekly preaching, like, you know, but uh, kind of defer to his opinion on what he thinks, you know, because as the, the editor, you're so close to it. And I think it helps, you know, that he's mm. actually a little more out outside okay. of it. What do you think, Tom? Okay. I will give you my answer, but it, it, it's qualified in that I am a church that uses the full lectionary. Mm-hmm. And I know there's a good chunk of the audience that, that is not bound to that. However, my first thought is, yeah, varying it up, I think, is good, but, but I think Christians follow the text, you know, Scripture's primary. So, a uh, couple ideas. If in the lectionary you kind of come to a natural conclusion of, of something, and maybe in the Gospels or the Episcopals, some of it is, you know, consecutive. If you get to kind of a stopping point, it's like, okay, now, since we're done with this bit in Luke, maybe we can jump to the Old Testament for a while, even if it is sort of a hard start. Uh, But to the liturgical side of me, I like the change from season to season. Like, you know, now we're in Advent. Now there's going to be a different focus on the podcast. That's very, very helpful to me because it, it forces me to stay fresh in my approach to the change of the seasons. One idea I had in terms of maybe something that could be tried and this is maybe not, this is not an answer to your question, but I've often thought 
that maybe one of the cons of having a different guest every week is sometimes I want to know what a guest might have to say week in and week out in terms of like, let's say you're in a section where all the epistles are from Corinthians or something. Maybe have someone on more than one week in a row and say, okay, what do you think about... You said this last week, this is where the text is going. What do you say about it now? Ha ha ha. Gotcha. You know, I think that might be an interesting thing to try. Ooh, uh, that I saw Eric nodding and it took me back at the very beginning of the show before we ever started. You had said to me, John, maybe consider what, what, what did you call it? Block or batch? Like, why don't you sit down on a Saturday afternoon and bang four out? And I'm like, I don't, I just, I, part of it is I just know. Yeah. You, you wouldn't and, and, want it but, to be like more than four necessarily. Well, maybe the, the, two or but three there was an insight the there. Number. There was an insight there that we never tried that I got spooked by. Cause I'm like, I, I just know, like, I mean, I have a lot of professors on, right. And like, they're just way easier to book. You can book them for an hour. It's like a class, right? Like, oh, okay. I, this is like a little class. I just show up and talk for a little bit, you know, like, whereas like the thought of like, spending an afternoon seems really daunting to like a guest. Does that make sense? That was always what spooked me. But uh, the flip side is, is like, Hey, you want to just come do four? Like I could totally get Ken to do that. Hey, let's just do four episodes on Ephesians, you know, you know, some afternoon. And then that's your contribution for like a couple months. And he, he actually, I, I think he's someone who might be really, attracted to that and actually find that even more kind of fun, you know? Yeah. Cause um, if I'm preaching, let's say that for a month, you know, I want to do Ephesians cause it's, you know, throughout the weeks and I want to use the show as a resource for me. It may help me have some continuity to my prep. If it's sort of the same commentator mm. um, instead of like, I, I'm going to look into that. That's yeah, exciting. I mean, in a way I wanted to pitch the idea. Cause I knew when you pitch one idea, even if it's not a great idea, other ideas get stirred up. So that's another thing that I want to look into. Again, dear listeners, if you're regulars, don't expect any of this to happen. Immediately, but, uh, <laughs> as we heard, it took me three years to start this stinking thing. So it might take me a year to change. But <laughs> yeah, And as long as I'm just, you know, being a bully on the mic, I had two other ideas. One is that maybe the idea of, of a panel or a multiple guest episode, maybe the, maybe the time has come. Yeah, we did a... We did a four-person one with me and Mandy and Absin and Laura. Nice. On the Ten Commandments a couple years ago. And I thought it was kind of a banger. Like, it, it is, when you can make it work, it, it's a lot more work scheduling, of course. Sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. Those are two married couples. So, although even then it wasn't the easiest thing. Maybe I misspoke, but but I, since since you have done it, forgive me, but. Only once, only one time. Okay. I would say, you know, it, these all take planning. They take looking ahead. It's, you know, the homework has to happen in terms of okay. picking them ahead and selecting them and saying, ooh, this would be a good one to do that with. But I would like to do it more. I, I do agree with you, Tom. And my last idea is uh, maybe once or twice or mm, no more than four times a year. Maybe four is very, very ambitious. Maybe just try it once is to have like a live show. So like a meetup of like all the fresh texters out there. Maybe break down a Sunday, four different quick guests, mm. <laughs> an Old Testament person, a Psalm person, a Epistle person, a Gospel person. I don't know. Ooh, gosh. I mean, that does sound like fun. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, I'm very, very open to that. Let me, let me think about where to do it. I mean, I guess, I mean, we have probably enough listeners who live in Indiana that might want to maybe come to campus and do something like that. That's a fun idea. I love it. Back, Eric, when you... 
I, I cut you off because I wanted to just do the memory lane thing. And then I, did you want to say more about Tom's first idea? You said, I love it. And I said, oh, I, I remember you, you know, suggesting, was there more you wanted to say about that? Or was it just that you loved it? Was that about all you wanted to say? Yeah. I mean, again, I think it's knowing the right guest for the right passage or section or, or series of passages that tie together. It's going to take the homework being done. But again, you pick the time and choose that. And because you're already you're already looking ahead and saying, OK, I've got to get a, the next batch of guests at different intervals. And so it's just a matter of doing that. I think for me, the key piece here is and I'm trying to think of where we've got a mechanism in, for this in place is one, you're going to do what you want to do. But it's always great to have insight and feedback. But two, asking the audience and saying, hey, weigh in here. I think that is also going to help. But I think I think we're all getting at, and I think we're coming to the conclusion of, uh, that variety keeps it fresh. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, again, through usually through Christmas, Easter, Christmas, Lent, Easter, it's it's staying fresh. Sometimes in the summer and by the fall, I start getting a little bored sometimes when I pick a lane like that. So I'm very keen on experimenting and it feels like a good time. Cause it's not again, 200 episodes is arbitrary, but it's also not because you know, 200 episodes is very close to four years. And so we have gone through a full cycle. We've done every, we've done all four lanes as it were. So we're, we're at a good point to start experimenting. So I definitely anticipate experimenting a little this coming year, trying a few different things and not, um, again, I'm planning on starting with the gospel texts a little bit and, and we'll see where it goes from there. But I don't think I'll, I don't think I'm going to feel as locked in as we were the first time through. So that's exciting. Yeah. Well, I think Eric, you kind of hit the, the nail on the head when you said that audience, it's really up to you all as to what we do, what you respond to. And, you know, we want to, I think uh, a goal for me in this coming year is to, to be a little bit more open and responsive through, you know, our, our email channels and, you know, through our Patreon and places where we can interact more with you. I know that it's probably difficult as ministers because you already have a community and sometimes you can get communityed out. That term in and of itself almost can be burdensome to say, oh, come join this community of people. It's like, you know what? I do community all day long. I really I run a stinking community. I don't want anything to do with another community. And I can completely uh, relate to that and empathize with that. So, but we would like feedback in a way that we could create that in a way that's not, you know, um, bound up with pressures or any kind of things, but ways that we can better make this a ministry for you, you know, whether that's just having ways of splitting up even past episodes into series, like, you know, curation of existing episodes, more themes, like we just love to hear from people out there as to what what's working for you and, you know, and what can we do better? Yeah. And we don't have know, to call it community. Yeah. Yeah. Just call it we feedback. can also just call it a feedback. <laughs> yeah, right? just feedback. So yeah. our, I mean, the beautiful thing is, I mean, this is, I mean, of course, feedback can also be for pastors can be a, a trigger word. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I got some feedback for you, pastor. And then uh, <laughs> the beautiful thing is like, I mean, these aren't, these aren't sermons. This is just prep. So this, this stuff is just, it's, it's half baked. So we we're totally keen on, on feedback. There's, there's very little artistry in what we've crafted here. We're just offering thoughts um, in these episodes. So 
Our email address is, and I think I'm going to start one. Here's the thing I know for sure. I want to take away from what you just said, Todd, is I need to start saying what our email address is in every episode. So I'm going to add that uh, to our intro or outro and it's fresh text podcast at gmail.com. So fresh text podcast, all one word, no dots or slashes or any of that jazz. So um, right now, if you made it to the end of this self-indulgent reminiscing episode, if you have any thoughts about the stuff that we pitched um, or any other thoughts of any kind, feel free to email us at fresh text podcast at gmail.com uh, for uh, guest suggestions, uh, for ideas regarding stro- show structure, themes, issues you'd like to discuss. You don't have to be uh, a Patreon subscriber to email us there. Um, having said that, we'd love for you to become one of our patron saints. Uh, so if so, uh, you'd go to patreon.com slash fresh text to see different ways that you could support the show there. So with that said, I think we're just about done. Is there anything else anyone wanted to add before we say our goodbyes and our final uh, si- sign off? No, just a real thank you to the audience that 200 episodes is a lot of episodes and, you know, folks have stuck with us, you know, through all of that, what we were figuring out. And, you know, so just thank you to them. Thank you to you, John, for doing this week in and and week out and uh, providing this ministry. So, well, thank you, Todd, Eric, and Tom. I can't imagine doing this show without you, as I say every week, especially you, Todd. Never would have started without you, Eric, but Todd's carrying it now. And Tom, like we said, you were one of the mm-hmm. very first people I ever ran the idea by and, and sure. uh, love that theme music. So thank you guys so very much. So yeah, I guess we say have a good preach and a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.